Hello and welcome to the Black Door Music Argument. I'm Karsten. And I'm Barry. How you doing, Barry? Oh, uh, I've got I've had a lot of meetings. I've stared at a lot of screens today, but I'm excited about this uh, this this podcast because we've been planning it for a while. So this screen. So we're still doing this through screens. We're doing it through the FaceTime thing. Yep. FaceTime yeah. and and recording it on our own respective Zoom H6s on our own uh, houses. Uh, Zoom. If you uh, want to. Uh, you know, throw a little money our way. We will certainly talk more about your fine, yeah, we, fine line of products. That's true. Yeah, we are a Zoom po- um, a podcast. Not Zoom like the video chat, but Zoom like the awesome hardware. Yep. That's that's kind of our go-to. We love it. It's very true. No, so Barry it, was just saying something about um, the, yeah. the the inevitability of our, our, our video chats here. And uh, even though wherever whenever we go out, you can only see people's eyes because everybody's got face masks. And uh, due to the use of uh, pop filters, even on our even on our chat, our FaceTime here, I can just see Karsten's eyes and then a big round circle where his mouth would be. And ditto for me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a nice view of the microphone. Like, yeah, I can see your microphone. I'm like, hey, that's nice. And you can hey, see my microphone. Like, is oh, that hey, your that's microphone nice. I see? That is my microphone. Mm. It's way better than my face. It's actually an improvement. I, I think that's what I've been told. <laughs> Yeah, masks are a good thing for some people. It just well, increases the uh, I the feel we attractiveness. Should, I feel we should all have some sort of like mad mask, postmodernist, uh, you know, microphone mounted in front of our faces with an integrated, uh, you know, oxygen source and and filter for the exhale. It, it just would really seem to go with the ages. Yeah, I think so. I'm not gonna lie. I, for serious, wish I had a working Bane mask. <laughs> like that would be the jam, yeah. Just literally cover up all my ugly and just lean into it. Yeah, the sad I, thing I is, have the a Bane mask was just rubber and didn't work. But yeah, I know I I want it to though. Like yeah, but again, <laughs> I have a face for podcasting. I'm aware of it, and that's yeah. just the way things go. But today, we're talking about a important album. So I, I think we've talked about this before that we've kind of gone through like. Outside of what our lists of really great albums are, we started digging into other people's lists and we're trying to pick through some of those and find ones that maybe we're less familiar with and really give them that good good listen. And right. this was one of the early ones that showed up and what we found was, like, at, at least for my first listen through it, it was nothing like what I was expecting. Yeah, and it is Joni Mitchell Blue from 1971. And the first time and you said Joni Mitchell Blue, I was like, "Oh yeah, both sides and Big Yellow Taxi, love those songs. Those aren't on this album, and it's still fabulous." No. Yeah, this is this is a great album, and I think that so we've talked about Barry and I have talked. We have a number of episodes that we kind of workshop where we don't actually talk about it. But we literally just are like, hey, are we doing it this week? And we're like, ah, no, let's let's really find ourselves in the right frame of mind. And this is one that we have been kicking around five months, four yeah. months. And I think that I've listened to this well, album I remember, more. I remember you told me about this album face-to-face mm-hmm. at work. So we know it's yep. been before uh, March. I, I think it was like January when Probably. we first talked about it. We, we're recording this in, in August. So it, it, it may have been a few more than five months. But but the thing about it is it's really shown up on a lot of people's lists as, hey, you should definitely listen to this. I I I've I've done some 
I, I have some books that are like, what are the albums that we think you should listen to? And they interview a bunch of musicians and things like that. And I find it interesting to kind of cross-reference like, hey, a bunch of these albums show up on a number of people's lists and I'm less familiar with it. Therefore, I kind of raise it up on my list of albums to listen to. So the thing about this particular album is I have talked about a number of other albums that I'm familiar with, but I have probably listened to this one more than a lot of other albums in the last few years. Just yeah. because when I started listening to it, it's one of those like, I feel like the more you listen to it, the more there is kind of sitting there and looming yeah. in the background. And right. and that is, that that's really interesting. So, um, Joni Mitchell Blue, I don't think I'd actually ever listen to the album all the way through until we kind of started this. I don't and, think so. I know, listening to it, I know I've heard some of the songs, and that might just yeah. have been because my parents grew up with that whole Crosby, Still, Nash & Young uh, uh-huh. genre growing up. And not to uh, roll over anything you're about to say, but Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, huge influence on Joni Mitchell. She, I think, dated two of them, and... Uh, David Crosby was the one to find her in a uh, playing in a bar for the first time. And so mm-hmm. that whole thing is just, you know, they took this raw Canadian talent and basically gave her the time and tools to work through her music. And she really just created uh, a, a huge amount of, of great music. And, uh, it, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, overstate her importance in pop music since the 70s now again i'm not going to necessarily i i will totally admit most of my research on this has been just listening to the album and taking it in but i did go wikipedia deep on this Mm -hmm. and according to wikipedia james taylor played on a few tracks and yep. Stephen Stills played on who she dated on a track so again james taylor and Stephen stills so as you're talking about the the influence, they're like, yeah, to the point that they were part of this album mm-hmm. in some sense or another. It, it, and again, I think that that's that's something that as you're as you're listening through the whole thing, it. Okay, so I, I really want to back up and just talk about the first listen. When you think of the hits, this was not that album. Right. This is like. When you're listening to it, all of a sudden it feels like someone had handed you like the B-side rarities of some band that you know. And it was like, oh, this is not, I mean, it's not not what I was expecting, but it is definitely not what I was expecting. Right. And I think that that's, that it, it's hard to kind of get a grasp on that or put that into words. So if you haven't checked out this album, definitely you should. Um, and, and I think that when you do, if you're not familiar with it, we can try to find some words to that, but I, I feel like that's a thousand percent an accurate description. You know, honestly, I feel once you get into "All I Want," which is track mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. it to to I uh, forget how old she was when this came out. It was nineteen seventy. Was it seventy or seventy one? Seventy one. Seventy one, and she was not old. Uh, how old? Uh, let's see. She, but the maturity that comes through, uh, she's got she's got the daring of youth, but the maturity of someone beyond her age, and what she's willing to do to put herself out there. And she spoke about this time, uh, saying that, you know, it, in the early seventies, she was just she was twenty eight. 
she was 28. So she was just bare to the world. And she was like, I am going to do this. And I, you know, I don't have anything to hide. Let's just go. And she not only plays well, uh, she, I believe she plays the dulcimer. She plays the piano and she plays, plays a guitar on this album, which Mm -hmm. I didn't know she played the piano that much. I, I honestly, I, you know, I kind of know she produced this album. She might've, uh, let me, I'm pretty sure she was the producer on this. But yeah, then, she's listed as producer. Okay, but then also, she sings on the album and she uses her voice as an instrument. And I know everybody's you know voice when they're singing is an instrument, but she really goes beyond the basics that I the basic melodies and things that people do. It becomes a different experience, and once you listen to it, you go, "Yeah, that's not normal." And man, that is interesting. And I want more. You just there's depth to it. There's yeah. massive depth to it. That again, don't 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 get all of your underwears and bushings and such. But like for anybody who's listening, but there's a point where the reason why, and I'm going to go ahead and say this, and Barry, don't even get me started. Um, the reason why Johnny Cash is hurt is powerful is because of the years that he had spent and it became a looking back there's age there's wisdom there's there's power behind that it's not to say that a 18 year old kid couldn't do a okay cover of hurt Mm -hmm. but it would be much more impressive if you could hear the pain yeah the the growth the emotion of it now i i use that as context for with Joni mitchell in this song there is a lot of stuff going on throughout this album that's not necessarily the type of thing you would expect from a 28-year-old. Now, that could mm-hmm. also be part of the zeitgeist today it, it, where we're where, where our 28-year-olds are versus where the 28-year-olds were back then. But it still has so much of that like post-Woodstocky kind of feel while being much deeper kind of folk with just, just more. And well, it's more of everything. And I think one of the reasons I, I really feel we need to get into this. Uh, one of the reasons that Blue is such an interesting album and how why her music took off is because Joni Mitchell experienced having to take great responsibilities on for herself uh, and her daughter that many people didn't have to or if they did they retreated back to mom and dad and and had them help and what she did when she got pregnant in 64 and gave birth in 65 was she put her daughter up for adoption her husband had uh, taken off and she kind of said i was making 15 bucks a week or sorry yeah a week at a cafe uh uh, living in a drafty apartment that I couldn't afford the rent for on and living on food scraps. And that's no life for my child. And so she, she went ahead and put her up for adoption and you know, that's especially so what 24, I think she, that would have made her, I'm, you know, I'm no mathematician, but, uh, she, uh, I think she, one, but yeah. Okay. She really went through, a lot at that young age and you know she said that that gave her a lot of insight and so the song in this album little green uh which a lot of people say oh we didn't know what it was about until 1991 the story of her her pregnancy and uh, adoption of her daughter uh came out 
but it is uh, it is just heart wrenching, especially when you know what it's about. Uh, the way she talks about it, and um, it's she's sad, but she's not ashamed. She, you know, she took mm-hmm. responsibility for what she had to do. It wasn't exactly what she wanted to do, but she didn't want to deprive her child of the dreams that she was going to live because she was going to be where she's going to be. And I just thought that, you know, incredibly, uh, especially kind of at that whole the the hippie culture that. Yeah, she was she was playing bars and stuff, but she was working. She was definitely working on her music career. She wasn't just sitting uh, and partying. And, you know, she knew that where she was going, she couldn't take her daughter and her daughter needed a happy life. And so I just found that interesting. And I really think that that's kind of where the maturity comes for a lot of the content in this album. Mm hmm. Okay, so I, I know that we've already talked for a little bit now, but just kind of jumping back, what, again, talking about just through the albums or the tracks themselves, All I Want starts out super, super just brings you right into the album. Yep. I don't know if super brings you in is a great way to describe that, but it, it, it latches you in and kind of draws you. It absolutely it, does. From the, from, the first, from the first riff, and and again, as, as the... The, the instruments come in when her voice comes in it just adds more to it and it just kind of like floats above everything else yeah and from there on it just kind of drags you drags you into the whole thing yeah and it, it's it's definitely one that it just kind of has a nice drawn out slower feel while being upbeat and moving right which again it, it it's kind of but also, it, it's upbeat and moving, but when you listen to the songs, like, My Old Man, you know, there's definitely some some negative to- notes in there. They're not, mm-hmm. not musical notes, but, uh, and then, you know, obviously, Little Green, uh, it's got, you know, definitely happiness, but tinged with sadness. And then, um, This Flight Tonight uh, is one of those songs where I was just, just automatically, she says this flight tonight. And she, I know she's literally talking about an airplane flight, but you're also going this flight tonight. Are, are you fleeing? You know, it's, it's, uh, is it, is it both? Because it kind of, you know, it, it gives that kind of urgency of, and, and she doesn't know exactly what she's doing, but it's so very interesting. Yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely, they're, they're, it's different types of chords, different tunings that are all played to kind of be a part of that. Um, but it, Now, and it, I don't know come... about this, but just to, to go off on that uh, different tunings, um, I found some sources, I can't say if they're true or not, because I didn't do deep enough research, but uh, I, I guess you Wikipedia had a... level deep, that's all yeah, we claim, man. exactly, and, and some blogs. Um, but... Uh, Apparently she had a hand injury or something when she was very young. And so some of the standard chords were difficult. So she would use a lot of alternative tunings to get around that. But then she used hmm. that as a stepping stone when she started writing her own music. Interesting. Joni Mitchell, do you have any statements? Nope. She's not going to refute yeah. it. So I guess we're good until we get she'd the corrections like, department. She'd like her cut of all the, all the money we're making off this podcast. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Zoom, have you guys hit us up? Who else have we asked for stuff from? Tesla, Ford, Chevy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Really anybody, I guess. Yeah, pretty much anybody. <laughs> anyway, if you want a stepping stone into Joni Mitchell, if you want mm-hmm. a stepping stone into 70s music, music that you may yes. not really think about, because right now there's a lot of 70s the early rock. 70s yeah. as well. The 70s was a big decade exactly. and i'm not going to try to jump in there but there's a lot but this is a this is one of those catalyst albums well, i feel here's that a, really just here's something ahead. my dad would say yeah. everybody thinks the 70s was hip or the 60s was hippies no that was just 1969 that was in the 70s you know mm-hmm. sure it started on the coast but most of the country started it you know was really experiencing that more in 70 71 72 uh you know and then you know once the war ended it kind of started to shift but you know, you you were, you know, you you started with the fringe culture, but that became mainstream in the '70s, and so mm-hmm. that was really hitting hard. And this is the kind of '70s music that isn't, you know, uh, Leonard Skinner or something. You know, it's like it's it's that '70s music that's on a different level. And you know, as much as you you think you know some of these songs, you know. I listened to this album twice again be, uh, today because I know we I did my notes months ago and I wanted to listen to it again and I was like wow this this music is surprising me again and I listened to mm-hmm. it about 20 times you know a couple months ago and uh, to to write my notes and it's just it's just fantastic and and I just would like to encourage everybody to listen to some Joni Mitchell and not only this one but um I know we're going to recommend blue. That's we've, we've already said that. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. But there, there's, um, I, I don't know if you've, uh, heard of the little film love actually, I know it's very obscure, yeah. but in love, actually, uh, Joni Mitchell, both sides now a recording from the year 2000 is, is, is utilized. Listen to the original seventies version. And then the 2000 version, both of them are so fantastic for starkly different reasons. But yet when she recorded that early one, when she was in her twenties, she still seemed to have all that gravitas that she has now. So I, I just, she's a timeless, timeless singer and performer and uh, frankly, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, again, absolutely highly recommend absolutely no shadow of a doubt that everyone should really listen to this album. If you're looking to really just gain if you're looking for something different, if you're looking to gain insight into the seventies, and if you just want to like hear some of that again, I'd call it catalyst albums where it just kind of, they spiral out. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely one that you should check out. Yeah. But I, I really feel like this is again, just a love fest for yeah. an album, which just calling back to last week's episode. But I, you know, I, I really feel like that's just the way this one is. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, any other closing thoughts? No, I mean, I guess don't do drugs because you know there was a lot of that going on and heroin. No, are you saying Joni Mitchell didn't do drugs? A hair, I don't know if Joni Mitchell did drugs, but Stephen Stills was a was a notable heroin addict. So, mm. fair enough. Anyways, on that note, I've been Karsten. I've been Barry. Thanks for sharing your time with us. If you like this episode, we are so sorry. But this has been the Black Door Music Argument, where opinions are always welcome. But are probably wrong. Including mine. We provide the best research Wikipedia offers. So tell all of your friends and your mistress. Or your manstress. Or your other token female friends. But not your grandma. Unless your grandma's fucking cool. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Look for us on Instagram. We're not on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We don't tweet. Like us on Facebook. Okay, Boomer. Talk about us on MySpace. Or Friendster. Stop trying to out MySpace me. And always remember to clear your browser history.
But most of all, especially important, super crucial, the ultimate. Baby, baby it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside.